Hey, welcome back to There's Some Horrors in This House. This is Fluff, and Maiden is off tonight. She is moving into a new place, so I have a special co-host with me tonight. I have my fiancé, Slam! (laughs) So we are going to do, I don't know how long this will be, honestly, guys. Um, We're going to do something a little different. Um, We're going to debate a little bit I think um Slam and I always love to talk about cults because she always she's a giant hippie (laughs) and she wants to and I'm a I'm a previous minister so she always says that I should get a bunch of people and we should get a plot of land and be on a commune and I should preach to these people and I'm like so you want me to have a cult that's what you're saying. Okay, so I feel like this is being blown out of place. Okay, why don't so, you explain what you mean then? I think that you should have your own church. I don't think that you need to buy a plot of land. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about some cults tonight. <laughs> and you're going to see that all of these people just wanted their own church too. And it's a very fine line between a new religious movement and a cult. Yeah. I don't think we need to be a cult. I think, I think we just need to have church. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get started into that, um, business. I don't think we're still trying to get stickers out. I'm still trying to figure out how to do that because we have a badass design from a local artist, Megan. She made us something really, really cool that we're excited to show you all. Um, we're so close to getting 200 likes on the Facebook page. I think we need like... Less than 30 more likes. Um, and then Maiden and I will go live and have another live show for you guys. So that will be super fun. And maybe you'll get to see Slam's face. Wow. <laughs> you get to hear her voice tonight a little bit closer. And maybe you'll see her face then. Not from the laundry room. No, not from the laundry room. Yeah, I, I don't know who's going to do our laundry tonight. There's so much laundry <laughs> that needs done. It's kind of stressing me out right now. <laughs> so... There's that. There's Facebook Live. We also have a TikTok. Um, We're starting to post like little one minute uh, true crime paranormal kind of stories. Um, I just posted one a couple days ago because you guys have been asking. We had mentioned before about the haunted Elsa doll and you guys have been asking to hear that story. So if you go on over to our TikTok, which is there's some horrors. Um, you will get to find out about the haunted Elsa doll. I also think I posted it to the Facebook page, so you can get on and watch that. Um, Maiden, I don't know when we'll be back. Uh, maybe next week. We'll have to stay tuned, but we will have something to put out an episode of some sort next week. We won't leave you guys hanging. So that's all I think of business. You got anything? I miss Maiden. I miss Maiden too. It's not a typical Friday night without Maiden here. It's weird. But we're really excited for her new place. So, Um, yeah, I'm really excited and happy for her, but I miss her being here and recording. So, yeah. I have a question. Yeah, what's the. Oh, you have a question? question. Okay, so I know that all of the episodes are dedicated to Snoochie Boochie. Right, they are all dedicated to Snoochie Boochie. Okay, so we need to dedicate this episode to Snoochie Boochie. Of course. Mm hmm. But if we are going to have a spirited debate, Mm -hmm. a healthy debate, if you will. Sure. I have to dedicate at least like half of the episode to the man who has taught me to debate Mm -hmm. from basically from 
the time that I w- could talk. And one of the best bullshitters I've ever met in no the best bullshitter. I was say, who, who's better than that? <laughs> no, the best bullshitter I've ever met in my life, and that would have to be my hee hee. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. Half of the episode is dedicated to Snoochie Boochie because she came up with our podcast name and the other half is dedicated to Hee Hee. So yay Hee Hee. (laughs) Hee Hee, if you're listening, you're going to have to swipe your credit card now to hear the rest of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) He's the best storyteller I've ever met. He really is. Hee Hee needs his own podcast. He really does. We're trying to convince him. That would be awesome. I'd listen to that all day. So I think that's it. You want to start talking about some cults? You can start talking about some cults. This is your shtick. Well, what I wanted to do tonight, I I was looking into some cults because I said something to Slam the other day about Jonestown. And she gave me a blank deer in a headlight stare and said, what's Jonestown? And I was shook. So <laughs> we are going to talk a little bit about Jonestown. Is that the Kool-Aid? Yes, honey. It's okay. the Kool-Aid. Yes. So we'll talk a little bit about Jonestown, but tonight I just kind of wanted to give an overview of cults and we'll debate about <laughs> if they are, are they good. Cults? Yes, honey, they're cults. I feel like that's such a strong word. Well, we'll talk about the word. We'll talk about it. Um, but I just wanted to give a, an overview. Um, and we'll talk about five different destructive cults um, that are, are pretty well known. Um, but the, this is not by any means going to be as deep as a dive as we normally get into true crime topics. Um, we will cover these. This is just like a grand overview of, of cults and what they are. Um, but we do want to do individual episodes about these cults. So maybe we'll put up like a poll on the Facebook page to see like which one you guys would want to hear about first. So this will give you an introduction to those. And I need to pull my notes up. I'm using a different app for it. Okay, here it is. All right, so my notes are, of as usual, hot garbage. Um, because I really just pulled in, um, <laughs> I, I copied and pasted a lot of my notes. I'm not going to lie to you. Today was a crazy day at work, and I didn't have a, a ton of time to put into research. So all of my research comes from um, my buddy Wikipedia, and also, there was a really good Rolling Stones article and a really good article on um, The Guardian. So uh, that's where a lot of this information comes from. And, and a lot of this is just direct quotes from the article. So none of this is like, I don't want to be cited for plagiarism. Right. Be careful. <laughs> they won't get you. Yeah. So a cult is a social group that is defined by its unusual religious, spiritual, or philosophical beliefs, or by a common interest in a particular personality, object, or goal. So there was... That's the whole definition. That's the definition. All right, so I already have You already have things, okay. (laughs) My first issue is the definition cites that it is an unusual Mm. religious affiliation or belief or something like that. Sure. Who gets to define unusual? What's unusual to me might not be unusual to somebody else. Well, some of these you find are pretty unusual. But as per my standards, I don't they know. may not be unusual as per somebody else's. I mean, I'm sure the people that were in the cults didn't think that they were unusual. Mm-hmm. There's other things that go into it. 
May I continue? But that was the whole definition. That's the definition, yes. And there's, honestly, there are two different, like, types of cults. There's, I mean, anything can really be determined a cult. Christianity can be exactly. determined That's a my cult. That's point, is that the word cult, I feel like some people use it in the wrong way, because really, just about any religious well, I mean, group, is, ro- by that, de- as per that definition, would be a cult. Yes. Because let's say... Let's say I grow up Muslim. Mm-hmm. The Christian faith might seem quite unusual to me if I was never exposed to that. That's so true. We yeah. could say that Christianity is a cult. You could. But there are two di- different types. There's destructive cults, which is what we're going to be primarily talking okay. about tonight. Um, and then there's cults that are just like groups of spiritual people or people of the common interest. I mean, you can make the argument that roller derby could be a cult. <laughs> Um, oh, roller derby's totally a cult. It's definitely a cult. It's the best cult. It's the most fun cult. I actually would like to go further and say maybe it's a coven. Ooh. I think that's better. I do know a lot of witchy women. And There's a lot of derby. witchy women, yes. And I love them all. So, yeah, two different types. There's like a destructive kind, which is more or less what you hear about all the time because they do batshit crazy things and then there's the non-destructive which you know could be like roller derby so yeah, roller derby's kind of destructive well, i mean <laughs> at least m- my joints would say it that's is. this is true <laughs> so there's a psychiatrist at um harvard medical school robert j lifton and he wrote a paper titled cult formation he wrote this paper in the 1980s and he outlined three primary primary char- characteristics that most um, all cults share uh, by a destructive cult. Okay. So this is what makes it kind of uh, bad. So number one, and this is taken straight from the Rolling Stones article. I just want to make that clear. Number one is a charismatic leader who increasingly becomes the object of worship as the general principles that may have originally sustained the group lose power. That is a living leader who has no meaningful accountability and becomes the single most defining element of the group and its source of power and authority. And you'll see in these cults that we start to talk about who the charismatic figure is in these. Uh, Number two, a process um, of indoctrination or education that is in use uh, that can be coercive, uh, uh, coercive persuasion and thought reform, commonly called brainwashing um da, 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 da. number three is economic sexual and other exploitations of group members by the leader or, or the ruling uh doctrine which a lot of these cults have a, a very sexual uh underlining rules <laughs> that's gross yeah it's super gross so some groups historically that have been called cults tend to evolve over time and have be they're now regarded as religion. So like the Mormons, mm-hmm. some people would still argue that uh, the, the Church of Mormon is still a cult, but it's, it's pretty commonly recognized now as a religion. I mean, I would argue that all religions are cults. I mean, you could. You could definitely make that argument. Um. Let's see, where am I? 
It says, power devolved from a single leader to a broader church government and such groups ceased to be seen as simply personality-driven and defined by a single individual. For example, Seventh-day Adventists, once led by Ellen White, or the Mormons, which was uh, founded by Joseph Smith. So these are two groups that were once cults when they first emerged, but now they're pretty widely accepted as, as common religion. Some groups may not fit the definition of a destructive cult, but they may still pose potential risks for its per, uh, participants. So here's 10 warning signs of a potentially unsafe group or leader. There's absolute authoritarianism without meaningful accountability. There's no tolerance for questions or critical inquiry. And I think these 10 things make cults different than religion. some common religions like Christianity. Okay. Um, even though there, you could argue that there are certain sects within Christianity that may fall under this, mm -hmm. which are probably the more um, evangelical and, and, you know, things like that. But I don't think the umbrella of Christianity as a whole would fit into this category. Okay. At least it's not supposed to. So there's no tolerance for questions or critical inquiry, no meaningful financial disclosure regarding budget or expenses, unreasonable fear about the outside world, such, such as impending catastrophe, evil conspiracies, and persecutions. There's no legitimate reason to leave. Former followers are always wrong in leaving, negative, or they're seen as evil. Former members often retaliate, or sorry, often relate the same stories of abuse and reflect a similar pattern of grievances. There are records, books, news articles, or broadcast reports that document the abuses of the group or the leader. Followers feel that they can never be good enough, quote unquote. The group or leader is always right. The group or leader is the exclusive means of knowing, quote unquote, the truth um, or receiving validation. No other process of discovery is really acceptable or credible. So I feel like, yeah, some religions are, would fit into some of those descriptors, but mm -hmm. not all of them. So, like, Christianity might do a couple of those things, but also most churches have, like, an open like budget system and have like right mm -hmm. councils not like an individual person true to, like, run things so also that's i kind of what would make them different i feel the difference is too is that lots of people have left the church and there's no like retaliation against them at least there's in some churches and that's churches, what i'm saying i, like I think there's different shunned. yes i think there's different sects that are more extreme than others mm -hmm. but in general I mean, I've left several churches in my day, and I don't have those former members coming after me or my family or, or you know, retaliating against me in any way. So generally speaking, it's, it's pretty easy to leave. You're not yeah. forced to stay. And, like, full disclosure, like, public service announcement, I really don't have any experience in other, like, Eastern religions. So I would be interested to know, like... In the Muslim church, in the Jewish church, in the, the, the Buddhist and all that, like, if that kind of stuff happens. Because I genuinely, I have no idea. Like, we grew up in rural Appalachia, so there's right. not a whole lot of diversity as far this as This is true, yeah. So, again, there's a real fine line 
um, being drawn to what appears to be a utopian community versus a dangerous uh, free will stripping type of group. See, I'm not trying to build a cult. I just want to have like like-minded people sit around and talk about Jesus. Okay, that's not well, a cult. Let's let's get into it then. We'll get into the overview of these five destructive cults, and we'll start with Jonestown because Jonestown started out a really good idea based out of and this is something that i think would be really appealing to you it's based out of civil rights Mm. jim jones was a big proponent about equal rights for people especially um race he he thought you know all the races should be equal um it was during the 60s and civil rights movement and all that so he was a big proponent of the civil rights movement so was he actually or was he using that to target lower socioeconomic people, which are traditionally easier targets for groups such as this? Oh, my God. I love you so much right now because that's that's exactly what he did. I can't I don't want to make this whole episode about Jim Jones, but I could seriously talk about Jim Jones for four whole episodes. <laughs> but yes, Jim Jones came. He was very, very poor growing up. Um, he. He really was starved for love and affection and attention because his parents were just didn't have time for him. So I think a lot of that stems into building him as this charismatic cult leader um, because he did target people from lower and a lot of cults do because Mm -hmm. they are filling a void in somebody's life, either with not promises of riches, but promises of a better life, an equal life, a um maybe some they prey on people that have lost something or are seeking something don't have any family yes it with promises of here you look at this family yeah. will it come be a part of this family um so yeah no jim jones is a very interesting character that actually might be my vote for the first cult that we take a deep dive into because i'm a little biased i like jim jones the best so, Jim Jones founded the People's Temple. That was what it was, his cult was called. That's his cult. The People's Temple in Indiana in 1955. It appealed to many as a progressive organization advocating for civil rights and operating in homes for the elderly and those with mental health issues. Mm. So far, so good. Yeah. Um, like previous progressive groups... Jones's goal was to create an egalitarian utopian community. I'm still with it. You're st- yeah. still a good idea? Okay. In 1965, Jones moved his family in the People's Temple to the Redwood Valley in California based on recommendations from an article in Esquire magazine suggesting places to survive a nuclear war. Hmm. Which... Sounds kind of nuts to us today. Like, that seems a little extreme. Does it, though? I mean, maybe not for you. I know you're a survivalist. (laughs) I'm just saying this was during the Cold War, was Mm -hmm. it not? I mean, this was when at least my mom and dad were growing up and had to hide under their desks in the first grade because that was going to save them from a from an H bomb. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that that's not so crazy when you think about it in terms like that. In 1974, the People's Temple leased land in Guyana, which is in South America, 
where the group would flee media scrutiny scrutiny in the United States and they would set up an agricultural commune. Okay. Okay. And by 1978, the population of what they called Jonestown in Guyana had grown to around 900. But a few disillusioned members tipped off the American media of the armed compound in South America, and they had rehearsals of mass suicide. So what they would do, there's a lot to unpack in that one sentence. So yeah, I was going to say, so wait, so now they're, they're so guarded these, with guns? Is that what's happening? They had a lot of illegal weapons. Like a lot of cults do. A lot of cults get busted because um, they have a... Yes. In Waco, do you know about... We're going to talk about Waco next, the Branch Davidians. Um, It wasn't the FBI that actually busted up Waco. It was the ATF because they had all of these illegal firearms. So, yeah. Illegal firearms is a a big deal with cults. So, what was I saying? In South America... People get to Jonestown, and it's not exactly the utopian that Jim Jones promised them. It, it's hot. They have to. It's a complete blank slate of land. There's no structures. They have to build everything from. And it just wasn't exactly what people thought it was going to be. It was a lot of hard work, and it just wasn't. They they had they were mandatory to work. I mean, it was they kind of like I, I I'd hate to say a slave, but. It was kind of like they... Endangered servitude. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, So Jim was kind of getting more paranoid by the day. He's on a lot of drugs, dude. Like, it's the 70s. He's on a lot of drugs. He's getting more paranoid. Um, So people are reporting back to their families that they want to leave. Um, And and all these reports are coming out of South America that this is not what it's meant to be they're not as happy there as they thought they would be so um they're also having he would bring out these barrels full of kool-aid and they would rehearse suicide they he 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 was like training them to make it okay like you ever talk in psychology about Pavlov's dogs? Mm-hmm. It was sort of like that. Like he was just training them to be, they knew there wasn't poison in it, but then they, they got to the point where they didn't know and they were, they were still doing it. And then it was almost like they've done it so many times that it's like, oh, this is just all for a show. Like it's not, he's not actually going to put poison in it. So that started happening. So in November 1978, a congressman from America, Leo Ryan, traveled to Jonestown, where he and three journalists and one defector were shot and killed before Jones ordered his followers to drink a cyanide-laced Kool-Aid, resulting in the loss of 909 lives. Jesus. And like I said, I I definitely want to get more into Jonestown. I want to have... An entire episode. It actually might be a two-parter because it's just there's so much to unpack with it. Um, but the death tapes, there's tapes of this, of people dying because he recorded everything. He, Jones really liked to hear himself talk. As, <laughs> As most of the, do. yes. He really liked to hear himself talk. So he recorded everything. So there is a recording, you know, he feels like, Things are crumbling in Jonestown. This congressman's coming. He, America's starting to wa- be be. Um, what am I trying to say? 
they're, they're start- watching him. They're starting to know something's amiss mm-hmm. in Jonestown. And so he's getting more and more paranoid by the day that they're going to come in and break up his little utopia. And he didn't, and he knew he'd probably serve some time and he wasn't going to live that life. So the so day. Did he die in this too? Yes. Okay. Um, so he rolls in the Kool-Aid and people just thought it's no big deal. It's just like all these other times. But this time it was laced with a cyanide and people started dying and people around them they're like waiting in line to get their cups of kool-aid but all these people in front of them are dying and people started to try to flee well jones had his security and they would shoot the people that were trying to flee and you can hear all of this on the tape you can hear people screaming you can hear baby and the saddest thing is the saddest thing about the death tapes of jonestown is that you can hear the children in the background i can't I, I, I think it's like 45 minutes long. I could not listen to I, I've only heard pieces and that's enough for me. And like the most harrowing thing about it is that at the end, it's just dead silence, except he, there's hymns playing. He was like playing like hymns the entire time to try to like calm people down through the loud speakers. And after he drinks his poison and dies, it's just dead silence and a hymn playing and it's it's the most harrowing thing i've ever heard and you can you can look those up they're on i think youtube or you cannot or you cannot yeah fuck all the way (laughs) off with those tapes because it's (laughs) it's a lot it's heavy so that's jonestown and like i said there's a lot more to that but we're we'll get into it in another episode so like i said but jonestown started out like what you said buy a big plot of land Get a bunch of like-minded people and hang out. Hang out. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't like that. <laughs> All right. So now we'll move on to the Branch Davidians. So this says, although this extremist sect of the Seventh-day Adventists had been active since the 1950s, the Branch David- Davidians are best known for the 1993 standoff in Waco, Texas. Uh, David Koresh was their leader at the time. He believed he was the Messiah. And he declared, yeah, that's, that's a big red flag. Mm-hmm. He declared all women, including those underage or women that were already married, that they were all his spiritual wives. That's gross. And he could sleep with them all. Oh, no. Yeah. He would actually, if a married couple came to the Branch Davidians to join, he... he David Koresh, and I don't know how legal this was, <laughs> probably not, but he would declare them not married anymore. He would dissolve their marriage because he's like, that's no longer your wife. She's now my wife, and I'm the only dude on this compound that is allowed to sleep with all of these women. You are not allowed to sleep with women. Why would a dude willingly go to that? Like, if you were married to somebody, you hopefully love them and would want to protect them. and. Mm-hmm at the very least want to sleep with them. So why in the what would draw you to be a part of this group? I mean, I guess you could see the appeal if you didn't want to be married anymore, and that's an easy way to not be married anymore. <laughs> You'd be like, "You want to sleep with my wife?" Yeah, sure, go sleep with my wife. Ooh. Yeah. Um the group believed the apocalypse was imminent, which is a common theme throughout these destructive cults. And fearing its arrival, they locked themselves into a sprawling compound. On February 28, 1993, agents from the ATF raided Waco on the suspicion that Koresh was stockpiling weapons, which he was. Spoiler alert, he was. 
What started as a shootout soon turned into a standoff between the Branch Davidians and then the FBI did show up. And then the FBI showed up with like tanks and shit like, oh yeah, we just want to be friends. We just want to talk. No, you got a big fucking tank. You don't want to just talk. So this standoff between them lasted 51 days. Damn. And it eventually ended when the tanks were brought in. Mm-hmm. And the compound was filled with tear gas and caught on fire and it left more than 80 people dead. Mm. And this was really sad too because... They would arm elderly people and they would arm nine-year-olds. So it's like when the FBI did go in there, you turn a corner and there's a kid with a firearm that has has been born and bred in the Branch Davidians, has no concept of right and wrong. Only th- thinks that these are the bad guys, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and is trigger happy because death isn't real to them. Like, they don't know once, you know, dead is dead. They don't know any of that. So, and then elderly people, you know, they they were armed. And so, like, it made the FBI pause for a second and, like, mm-hmm. hmm, do I really want to do that? So, that, it was, it was really messed up. That's sad. It was really sad. Um, so I don't know about this next one. This was also in the Rolling Stones article. Um, so I'm learning along with you with this one. This is called, and I think I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Sylvanians. Yeah. Sylvanians. The guy who founded it. Sullivanians. Sullivanians. Okay. The guy who founded it was named Saul. So Sullivanians. So Saul B. Newton founded the Sullivan Sullivan Institute in 1957 with his wife, Dr. Jane Pierce, in an attempt to create a viable alternative to the traditional nuclear family, which he viewed as the root of all social anxiety. So again, kind of starting out as Not not a terrible idea. Um, located in three buildings of the Upper West Side of Manhattan, the Sullivan Institute operated as both a therapy center and a polyamorous commune. Lost me there. (laughs) Despite the fact that Newton, the leader, had no formal training as a therapist. Another red flag. Yeah, that's a problem. Unlike other practicing therapists who worked under a strict code of ethics, there were no such boundaries (laughs) for the Sullivanians. Even like, okay, polyamory, not my thing. However, I believe that if there are adults that choose to love that way, then there's nothing wrong with that. No. So I'm still okay with that. But the biggest problem I have so far is like, he's practicing therapy without a license. That's a problem. Yeah, that's a red flag. No, for sure. If you have two consenting adults and that's the way, you know, you have that agreement, that's fine. Uh, But yeah, the practicing therapy thing. No code of ethics. You, you should have that. Bad. Yeah. Um, so there were no such boundaries for the Sullivanians as the members of the Institute were known with therapists and other members of the community sleeping with each other w- regularly, which is a problem. You probably shouldn't sleep with your therapist. That is a problem. That's that's I'm not. Sure there's a rule about that. Right. For practicing therapists, yes. <laughs> which he is not. No. Uh, in fact, they were forbidden from engaging in exclusive relationships. So everybody just sleeping with everybody. Any children born to the Sullivanians were sent away to boarding school or caretakers with very little visitation from their parents, Aww. which is sad. A lot of cults are, there's another cult that I want to talk about, and I can't remember exactly who it is. 
um, their parents were sending them to this school because the cult had told them it's a great school and they're going to get so smart and it's such a, you know, a, a prestigious place to be. And then they find out that their their kids are just being abused beyond belief at this mm. school. It's like the saddest thing. I forget exactly what cult that is. I'll have to find that out. So kids are sent to boarding school. All members were encouraged to cut ties with their former friends and family members, which is classic cult. destructive yeah. cult. Um, in the 1970s, the group, which had around 500 members, merged with a progressive theater collective called The Fourth Wall and relocated to Orlando in 1979 following the nuclear meltdown ooh, on, at Three Mile Island. Okay. So that's odd. Why would a organization like the Sullivanians merge with a theater group? That doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, that's interesting. Two completely different ideas yeah i'll have to look like i said i didn't know a lot about this group um so i'll have to look into that after seeing a decline in membership in the 1980s the sullivan institute ended with the death of newton in 1991 which is common after the leader dies the group sort of dissolves um which is not the, the case in everything uh the leader of scientology i think has been dead for a long time but scientology is still a big thing which I would love to do an episode on Scientology. So that's the Sullivanians. So now we'll move on to the Children of God. And this was founded by David Moses Berg. And I'm, I don't know if Moses is his real given name or not, or if he just chose that. Sounds like he chose that. That's suspicious. That's suspicious. <laughs> so he founded this communist Christian offshoot in California in 1968. For someone so concerned with moral decay and evolution, Berg had a very sex-centric perspective on how to spread the views of Jesus, including reported recruitment through flirty fishing. Oh, I, I listened to a whole episode. This is bringing it back now. I listened to a whole episode about this not too long ago. What the crap is flirty fishing? Flirty fishing is when he would send young women into you know, bars and restaurants and whatnot um, to lure in new members, new men, male men, uh, members, um, by having sex with these men. Okay. So, and, you know, and, and you could say Charles Manson kind of did yeah. that too. Um, the reason that they got to stay at Spawn Ranch is because uh, Lynette Fromm was sleeping with uh, the 80-year-old caretaker. Yeah. And that's how they got to live on the ranch. So, yeah, again, not a, I feel like that's a common thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and apparently they opposed anti-pedophilia laws. Ooh. Yeah. According to some former members, having sex with children was not only permitted, but it was also a divine right. That's disgusting. Which is awful. Yes. Berg was a master of propaganda, writing, publishing, and distributing pamphlets discussing his teachings. The group changed its name several times. Uh, most recently, they're now called the Family International, and they still exist today. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. They operate in 80 different countries, although they no longer permit sex between adults and children. Um, so they say. So they say. Um, actors Joaquin Phoenix and Rose McGowan were born into the cult, and what? they have since left and spoken out against the group. Oh, my God. 
Which is super interesting. That's that super interesting. Rosemary Gallon's a very interesting person. She really is. Yeah. And I, I enjoy Joaquin. Yeah. Joaquin's I enjoy him. Really cool, too. Yeah. So that, again, I'd like to do a deeper so dive into horrifying. that. Like, how, how would a group like that still exist? So other than sex with kids, what are their other ideals? Like, what else do they care about? Like, what's their... Um... Well, it seems well. It seems like it was cons- uh, founded upon moral decay and evolution. Is there a sect of Christianity? Hmm. I just don't understand. Like in this day and age, with all the information and technology well, that we have, how can groups like this still exist without being found out by the government and then prosecuted? Like I don't understand that. Hmm. I mean. If they're considered a religion, I think there's certain protections that go. But if there's a legal behavior also involved in that, like, well, I don't know, understand how that works. There's a legal behavior going on in Catholicism. Well, that's true. With you know, priests and so. But I feel like those are individual. Yes. Those yeah. Are individuals. That's not like the re- the actual religion and church right. isn't founded upon that. That's true. Um, so I, my guess, and like I said, I, I would need to look more into it. My guess is that David Berg is probably dead. Um, I'm sure a new leader has emerged and completely redid their ideals and values and, um, their beliefs and core belief systems. So mm-hmm. that would be my guess. I would have to look more into that, but yeah, I'd say if pedophilia is no longer their thing. They need a new thing. Yeah. I don't know what their new thing would be. So the last one that I want to talk about is Heaven's Gate. And this was founded in San Diego in 1972 by Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles. And it was based on the premise that, and you're going you're gonna to love this. <laughs> the, like, this is that sarcasm? It's or? very much sarcasm okay. because this is where you ask in the beginning of the episode uh, what constitutes as unusual I think Heaven's Gate constitutes as unusual. I think, <laughs> but would everybody say? I don't that think unusual? everybody. No, I think some extremists would still argue that they have a valid argument. I think they're unusual. <laughs> Please don't sue me, but it's not my cup of tea. Uh, so they're based on the premise that aliens would escort members of the group to the kingdom of heaven via extraterrestrial spacecrafts. Dude, totally possible. <laughs> Stop it. Totally possible. Wow. I am more on board with that than the pedophilia group. <laughs> wow. You're going to really enjoy the Scientology episode then. <laughs> uh, so they made they first made headlines in 1975 when they convinced 20 new followers to give up uh, their earthly possessions, leave their families, and disappear. On the CBS Evening News, Walter Cron- Cronkite reported that it's a mystery whether they've been taken to a so-called trip to eternity or just simply been taken. They just disappeared. Um, like forever? Like we still don't? W- no. They, it turned out that they were living in an underground uh, underground commune, campground kind of thing. Um, and they were any, everywhere. They were spread out in these camping underground things from Rhode Island, Oklahoma. But Heaven's Gate is best known for a much more tragic event two decades later. In March 1997, the group carefully planned and then executed a mass suicide. Mm. Um, that time, it, they timed it to coincide with the arrival of Hale-Bopp, the comet. Okay. 
uh, which members thought that would conceal the alien spacecraft on its way to Earth. So they dressed themselves in black tunics and Nikes, of all things. Nikes? Nikes. <laughs> Not a great day for Nikes. <laughs> Nike, the official footwear of mass suicide. Not a great day. <laughs> really bad oh, branding. Poor Nike. Yeah. So black tunics and Nikes, 39 Heaven's Gate members ate applesauce mixed uh, with a sedative and chased it with vodka. So at least they they weren't in their right mind. Mm. <laughs> uh, but then they covered their heads with plastic bags and died. Oh. See, I feel like there's so much like there's much less worse ways to go. There's one. Oh, what is it? Is it the solar temple temple order of the solar temple? There's another group that committed mass. I mean, there's lots of groups that committed mass suicide, but there is this one group where they, they set themselves on fire, um, which is probably the gnarliest way of mass suicide was executed. What's worse being set on fire or drowning? No, I have no idea. I don't want to find out. I feel like drowning would, would be more peaceful than, yeah, I think it would. Anyway, so they put plastic he- bags in their heads and died. Nine of the 18 men, including Applewhite, had been surgically castrated. Ooh. They cut their ding-dongs off um, as the group mandated celibacy. So this is opposite of... The pedophilia group. <laughs> in, right, in, in the polyamorous group. Right. And the Davidians. <laughs> uh, so they, they mandated celibacy. An upbeat videotaped message made the members prior to the suicide indicate that they were willing, even happy, to die and move on to the next level. I mean, a lot of these people do kind of have that, um, I guess, Stockholm syndrome mm-hmm. is kind of the closest thing I can equate it to. Well, they're brainwashed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they they really are, like, happy to do mm-hmm. these things, which is just sad. Uh, the cult has filled a need for them in their life, and they've they've given up... A lot of these people had given up everything to be a part of these groups, so... When their charismatic leader says to do something, they they do it, which is sad um, to know that one person wields that much power over a group of people. But yeah, those are um, actually I want to say just this really I don't know if you would call it funny. I think it was on Saturday Night Live. So it, it I think it was meant, meant to be funny um, when this happened. Heaven's Gate. Um, what they did this in the 90s mid to late 90s um they you know how snl does like fake commercials Mm -hmm. for products and things yeah so they did this commercial where you just saw a bunch of uh people in these like black robes Mm -hmm. with their nikes sticking out Mm -hmm. and it just like panned over this whole like you know all these bodies and then at the end of the commercial the only thing it says is keds Oh no! That's it's funny. Terrible! It's, it's such dark it's so humor. Funny. I love it. Oh, but it. SNL. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to add that in. So yeah, those are the five. Um, I mean, many more destructive cults, but those are five of the more popular ones. So I feel like the original definition of cult is then not correct. I mean. I feel like there is some major differences between an organized religion mm-hmm. and a cult. Mm-hmm. And so, like, in a cult, you have charismatic leader. Yes. 
pretty much you have to like there's no way to have a cult without exactly. a charismatic right. leader mm-hmm. um in religion there's plenty of leaders and some of them are charismatic but it's not like the the hinge point there's there's other leaders within those churches it's not just like one person mm-hmm. um and then you have to have like control mm-hmm. to a certain degree which i mean there's rules and stuff in religion but most of them aren't like controlling to that degree that cults are right you gotta have um crap i had it and then i lost it you know how my brain works that's why i don't do these things you're fine you're doing good um oh where like if you leave like you're ostracized Mm -hmm. or like cut off or like hunted down yeah i mean um and that's not really normal in religion i want to i want to say it was jonestown that yeah, 909 people on, on Jonestown drank the Kool-Aid and died. But there were people that didn't live in Jonestown that were still back in California. When they heard about it on the news, they then killed themselves. And there were other people, I think, that hunted down uh, de facto. De, uh, what, is, what is that? De factors, yeah. Yeah, I was right. Okay. Uh, people have left the cult mm-hmm. um, and, and killed them. Yeah. So. That's freaky. But yeah, uh, Jim Jones, not to, you know, keep talking about him. This is not a Jim Jones episode, but he was a Disciples of Christ minister. Really? He was. He was ordained in the Disciples of Christ. I think he he liked more of like the holy roller kind of uh, more animated religious groups. Let me some holy rollers. That's a fun service. It is a fun service. I've been to a few. Um but yeah, he he liked how animated people could get. But he he went as far as he liked the people falling on the ground and convulsing and the people speaking in yeah. tongues kind of thing, which I don't dabble with. Or it's not my cup of tea. No. I've been to the services before, and they're. I mean, I can understand why people are drawn to it. It's mm-hmm. it's almost, it's a spectacle. It's it's entertainment. It's entertainment. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's entertaining. But yeah, so you know, a lot of these guys like Jim Jones branched off from larger denominations. Uh, like Disciples of Christ was very popular in the time. It had it um, was seeing a revival of of people. Um, so, and it was based in a lot of things that the Disciples of Christ believe in and still believe in with the um, civil rights and all that. Mm-hmm. So it was a very progressive movement. Um, but Jim Jones was also. A big communist he believed in in that wholeheartedly but yeah um the very fine line between cults and religion and new religious movements because you know you, I, you all of these cults we've talked about today are destructive but i think you know it, it doesn't close the door completely for people to come up with new religions um, and that's what I'm saying. But I'm just saying you too. Telling me I'm a hippie. You I'm are like, a hippie. Uh, and I'm gonna start a cult. I don't want to start a cult. There's just a very fine line, and I think it it goes down to the leader. Mm-hmm. Exactly, it's the intent. Mm-hmm. Are you really just trying to have a church, or are you trying to do something destructive and? You have ulterior motives. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Trying to do something that only benefits you in the end. I think you could argue that the pedophilia cult that we just talked about, that that guy that founded it was a pedophile. Yeah. 
and made this cult, this religion, if you will, under the guise that he wants to sleep with children. Yeah, and that's and which is not right. Yeah. Um, in Jim Jones's case, he very much liked to be in control of people. He he was that kind of personality where he really enjoyed that. So that's where he got his leadership from. And but I think he could have been a really had he not had that darker side, I think he could have been, uh, and maybe this is controversial for me to say, but it could have been look, uh, something special. Like a really great preacher. Right. And I think, you know, Maiden and I say that a lot, too, with, um, you know, like, H.H. H. Holmes was so smart. He could have been a really kick-ass doctor if he wasn't a serial murderer. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, it's just a shame because there's so much, like, good and potential in these people, and there's just, like, one little, like something is wrong in their brain and yeah. it goes completely in the wrong way. Sure. Using their talents for evil and not good. Sure, sure. So yeah, do you have anything else you want to add to cults? Do you still think cults are good? <laughs> I don't I've never said the cults are good. <laughs> you just want to have one. You just want to start. No, I don't want a cult. <laughs> All right, public service announcement. I do not want a cult. <laughs> These are lies. This is slander. <laughs> I just think that people should be able to have their own churches. If you do not fit into a cookie cutter mold of the churches that are available to you in this world, then I see no reason why you shouldn't be able to have your own church. As long as that's really all you're wanting to do. You're not trying to control people. You're not trying to hurt people. Right. You're not trying to steal money. You're not trying to... Yeah. Hoard weapons. This, yeah. If you literally just want to have like a, and not even just a church, but like just even a like a Bible study group type thing where mm-hmm. you can discuss religious topics and debate healthily. When I was in seminary, my friend and I used to want to have a bar theology uh, group where we would just go into bars and get a big table and get drinks and just shoot the shit about Jesus. See, I think that sounds never did it but yeah bar theology that could be a thing i feel like it probably is a thing in some bars oh no a lot of (laughs) a lot of uh you know more progressive places do have like pub theology bar theology whatever you want to call it um a lot of my friends in seminary had groups that did this but i always thought it'd be neat to have that around here there was Mm -hmm. a need for it you know, we have three colleges in the area, so there's people out there that would want to discuss things like that, I feel. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that's what you were saying about um, start not necessarily starting a new religion, but just um, having spiritual people that want to get together and talk about spiritual things. I think that's why, and, and not fitting into the mold yeah. of a, a denomination... I think that's why a lot of these non-denominational churches are mm-hmm. so big, these mega churches and, and yeah. things. I just feel like I don't fit into a lot of denominations. Yeah. You just really, it's really spotty. It's a really gray area because, again, in some of these non-dom churches, um, you can get ministers in there that want to preach their own agendas mm-hmm. and, and preach their own biases. So you can get into dangerous waters there, too. Um, so it just it really, I think it just comes down to the leader and, and who's... Their intent. And their intent. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not saying you're completely... Um, you're, you're in the ballpark. I'm just, it's just a very fine line. 
And I would love to shoot the shit about Jesus with some some like-minded folks or some not like-minded folks. I'll shoot the shit about Jesus all day. But I don't want to be seen as a cult leader. <laughs> I think as long as you're not trying to kill people or commit crimes. No, I don't want to do okay. I don't want to do any of that. I want to go have a beer and I want to talk about heaven and hell in the little Nas X video. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> because it is so dope. <laughs> love it so much (laughs) (laughs) so i think that's that's all i have to say about cults i don't think we're completely on on two different ends of the spectrum here with our debate tonight Mm. i think we can find some common ground there's some common ground but i still think you think i'm crazy (laughs) i just think I can see doing your plan to a certain extent, but buying a piece of property and having a commune this and property coming from. I, never I don't said anything about property. He he has some property. I mean, he he does have some property. I'm just. Kidding. I'm sure he would love for us. He to- would love this. That's why I dedicated my half of the episode to him because this is right up his. Alley. I would be in he he's cult. <laughs> I would. I would too. He he could totally be a cult leader. Oh, not yeah. like a bad, like not a destructive yeah, not a one, bad one. But he's a very charismatic, I mean, absolutely great storyteller, yep. great speaker, very extroverted. I feel mm-hmm. so. I oh, yeah. I would be in he he's cult with anybody. Absolutely. He's never met a stranger. <laughs> I think that's where Maylie gets some of hers from. <laughs> Oh, All geez. right, I think that will wrap it up. Maiden, we really miss you, we but you, we hope you enjoyed this episode and didn't step on your toes at all. I still have a lot of laundry to do. I know, I know we do. Slam got put to work tonight. We couldn't look anything up tonight. I couldn't look anything I had up. to be everything. I had to host the show That's and look right. the shit up. And See how important I am? You are super crucial crucial to the show. Crucial? Crucial. <laughs> I'm even sober tonight. That's I can't even talk. This is a sober. 100% sober episode. I know, which never happens. But follow us on Facebook. We're trying to get 200 likes. We're so close to being there. Follow us on the TikToks. We got 30 followers overnight on TikTok the other day. I was I was stoked. I know that doesn't seem like a big deal, but it kind of made me happy. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, follow us on all the social medias and um, I'll put up, I'll put that poll out to see which one of these cults or maybe if you have another cult in mind or, you know, Manson family and things like that that we didn't talk about. Um, what should we start with? Uh, we do want to do episodes about cults because I think a lot of it falls into the umbrella of true crime. I mean, Manson was from right down the road. Yeah, I really. Oh, that's going to be a multi-parter yeah. for sure. You would totally get on Manson's bus. We have friends that were related to him. I know. Uh, I think... Um, oh, I totally would have been on Manson's bus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for I sure. Would've. For sure. I've been done <laughs> So, yeah, we'll put a poll out to see uh, what cult you want to talk about here in the next uh, couple weeks. And I think that's it. Stickers are coming soon. So stay tuned for that. And hopefully we get to go live again soon. And it would be really awesome if we reached 200 soon and then we had stickers out and we could show them to you. That would be dope. You have a sticker giveaway if you get we, to a certain level. I know. Level. Sticker giveaway. So keep liking and sharing the page. You guys are awesome. Also, wherever you're listening to this right now, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts, just leave us a five-star review and, and maybe say some kind words. Every little bit of that helps. 
Uh, we are by, in, by no means the largest podcast or even within the first, you know, thousand top episodes on Spotify, but we would love to get there and we can't get there without your help. So every little bit helps and that's how you can support us right now. So we thank you for listening and you peace and love. Peace and love from the Manson family. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> See you next time.